0: He scored yeah. a hat-trick in the World Cup final. Ending the day on stage with Messi and Martinez, who at that stage had stopped doing things to the, the goalkeeper trophy.
1: Like the, the virus, the talk of the virus lasts for 70 minutes, and then suddenly <laughs> yeah. the la- there wasn't much talk of the virus for the last hour.
0: It does just go to show why the World Cup is still the greatest event in sport.
1: Kylian Mbappé becomes the first player to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final with all three goals crossing the line. Emmy Martinez becomes the first goalkeeper to concede five against Reading and ten years later save a penalty in a World Cup final shootout. And Lionel Messi becomes the first player to lift the World Cup wearing a dressing gown. Now, Before we get any plagiarism complaints, Mbappé the line came from Ali McCoyst on ITV Commentary. But Dan, in the course of our working day, as you're in La Salle Stadium and I'm putting the paper together, I sent you an email at half-time in terms of the piece you're going to write. And I think it said something along the lines of, likely be Argentina focused at this stage but obviously subject to second half madness second half yeah. madness didn't really come close did it <laughs> no no i mean should like, like i mean th- the big mistake you made was he didn't
0: narrow it down like you just, just you just predicted there to be uh <laughs> to be second half madness you didn't actually clarify extra time extra time uh, first half extra time second half madness um i mean this is it like um <laughs> I mean what the hell what the hell was that you know uh, that was just incredible really and uh, yeah I am sitting in the stadium here you're sort of surrounded by um still like a little bit of the, the 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 noise and the the sort of the color we we've been told we can't leave the uh the press center at the moment because there's a, some kind of parade going on outside um and to be honest now I've just realized that uh, I I'm, I'm on a pretty early morning flight so um it's going to go straight to the airport pretty much. It's the only logical thing to do at this stage. And when you thought, okay, 3pm kickoff um, at home, like 6pm kickoff here, you, you would have thought to be not too much could happen that could push this night too late. But anyway, listen, that's all side issue stuff. I mean, that was, that was incredible. I mean, with, as I was sort of trying to make the point in the piece I was written, it's like, you know, this is the death of the, the cliche to some degree, you know, around finals and world cup finals. Yeah. And, Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about one moment, or it's all about it's going to be cagey, or it'll turn on these things. And I mean, the the, the period there towards the, the 120th minute to whatever 124th minute probably like contained more drama within it than um, possibly like the three previous finals I've been at in some ways. Yeah. Right? Maybe that's a little bit pushing it. Because, you know, they all had moments, right? Like, you know, Gonzalo Higuain's moment in, in in 2014 was obviously epic. We had two of those in that spell, you know, with this sort of Lotaro header and the Colomarani save, okay? It was a brilliant save, really, for Ernest mm-hmm. Um, But just everything that was going on around it, like Mbappe embarked on a solo run at one stage, you know, came to life, looked like he was going to, uh, you know, score sort of a Hollywood goal. He got blocked off all of this in yeah, that, that ex- tackle
1: yeah that that tackle Enzo Fernandez, Enzo Fernandez put that tackle in and it was just I was watching it back and it's, it's it was so much happened that normally you'd be kind of going like that was the moment not so much that was the moment that won it but played such a massive part in it where like every temptation he's been out there for two hours he's got the fastest thing on two legs with a football at his feet running at him cutting inside jinking, waiting for his moment and he just puts the leg out and gets gets a touch on the ball like, it's begging for another penalty in the last minute for Mbappe for Mbappe to win. It was a phenomenal tackle, but it was it was lost just yeah, among yeah. all the other craziness.
0: I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, actually. When we finish this, can you go downstairs and actually stick that line into my piece? Is it all possible? Yeah, yeah, no because I just but... have to remember, uh, Upamakano, who's been a little bit erratic in the tournament, he had a couple of great tackles at the end. Was it at normal time? He made two really good challenges in a short space of time as well. Now I'm, I mean, he, I wouldn't be mad on him, but like there was all these things happening within the game. I mean, this is it. Like we could have been, if things went in a different way, right? We would have started this show now, maybe talking about Kingsley Coleman shoving Messi off the ball in the, you yeah. know, in the whatever minute that was, the led to second because it was the perfect, the narrative moment we talk about. It's like Messi tries to take the ball, and all of a sudden, there's this young, quick french attack on and they're steamrolling them and he's done here and there was that period where he was he was gone um from the game um and maybe like he was gone from the game for like you know good spells at that point onwards still managed to score in the middle of it and play a role in like you know yeah a couple of other very big moves but like at the kingsley Coleman thing you know that could have been an amazing moment like the if colo Muani scores like what are we talking about there you know the the, the handball for the penalty, the the, 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 the three-all penalty, that is, you know, that decision yeah. even um, yeah. might have been the, the subject. Two substitutes, of, in, the, oh, the two two substitutes in the 40th minute. Yeah, <laughs> in the 40th yeah. Minute. yeah. So many things like, you, you know, you, you you could forget more things that happened in that game than you would remember uh, memorable things yeah. that happened in, in other World Cup finals. And as I said, I mean, this is a... Like, this is... Um, like going to the world cup final is an amazing thing right like you know like the thing about journalism is like packed with like skepticism and cynicism right and that's the nature it's like the sort of the language that you you that you use to speak about the gig like we are all just sort of okay oh here we go another rewrite or something like this and it's it's all a little bit um uh that type of uh, that type of tone which can sometimes like strike the wrong tone and um, but it is one of these days where like it's just a privilege to be at the world cup final but you always assume that the trade-off is that actually sometimes the fanfare before the World Cup final, the buzz of being at the World Cup final, a photo at the World Cup final, the teams, the anthems, even mm-hmm. some of the nonsense at a ceremony and all of that, that often is, is, is as memorable as the game, sadly. You know, yeah. because like, you know, it's like Spain-Holland 2010, like Indiesta, okay, but was the Dutch approach wasn't that. Okay, you had the Robin misses and stuff. 2014 was that de- disappointment. France, Croatia had a bit of drama, but generally France were well on top. You sort of the, the final by the end of it, you're sort of done with the event, you know. Like it's like, okay, this is done now. The tournament is over. We've reached the end of it. Whereas this one was yeah. extraordinary, extraordinary. And I mean, yeah. I think everyone can take their own memory from it. Like it was, it was always the 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 messy story was going to be the thing. Yet in a way, the final was so good. Uh, the drama around it was so good that it wasn't all about him. It became about him no. in the aftermath and the, and the photos and the nonsense um, around the sort of the, the presentation. And, and, and we knew that that was the emotion of it, but actually the fact that it didn't, it wasn't all about him that we were able to be distracted by that and just caught up in the game rather than the storyline oh. was, was the best thing about it really.
1: Yeah. Like it felt at the end here in Talbot street and, it felt like the end of almost like the usual suspects where, you know, you have that mad ending and you almost have to sort of sit and take a minute and kind of go, what was that? And you start to reel back and reel back and reel back through the storyline. I went for a walk up to, uptown on the top of O'Connell Street, just outside GPO with Argentina fans dancing around the place, singing various songs and been very happy with themselves. Now, of course, I was out for about 20 minutes, half an hour. At which stage the presentation still hadn't taken place, <laughs> which yeah. was like another kind of another kind of madness about it. But like, and to be fair, you the, can the get line, those
0: scenes on Talbot or, Street most days as well. To be fair, you can, so, you, know. you
1: can, you can. More happier scenes than than, than often than yeah. often the case. I mean, the, there's a line you had in the piece of an evening where historic events were out of date within seconds, and that's the way it felt. Like you're just even talking about it here now. You're almost. You're almost processing it. Do you know things like the the, the goal, the Argent the Argentina second goal, where like it, it summed up it summed up everything about it where you had like this beautiful little one and two touch move across and France just standing there watching it. I mean the ball's played from just around halfway line. I think McAllister plays the ball to Di Maria from about twenty yards out, and Larice still hasn't moved outside his six yard box. Like France where France had the best seat in the house for the first hour. they would seem to be just standing there watching them and then ah, out of yeah. nowhere, out of nowhere, like they did what they've done a couple of times, which was produce magic in a minute, but like that I'm not sure did did um, was there like the, the virus, the talk of the virus last for 70 minutes and then suddenly <laughs> yeah. the la- there wasn't much talk of the virus for the last hour. So, anyway, yeah,
0: so we had the press conference afterwards there, and Deschamps came in, Scaloni came in, then Messi didn't appear at all. But everyone waited around. Um, it's the gamble you take. You know, which one will I go to? It's three rows from in front of the press conference, thinking, you're going to get Messi in here. But he went through the Mixo, and they were spraying champagne over people there. And, you know, he did, they just came in and announced Messi will not be coming to the press conference. And it's like, I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to fine him. You know, you're going to sanction him. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but Deschamps, sorry, to, to go back to your question. Like the Deschamps mm-hmm. press conference was like the Scaloni one was quite emotional and naturally a winning press conference. Deschamps was sort of interesting in a way because there was a sense of um, uh, I, I'm not taking anything away from Argentina. But, you know, uh, the referee, you know, issues with the refereeing, because uh, there's a couple of advantages that definitely should have been played. Yeah, uh, there was there was then uh, obviously our team has been affected by something this week. You know, and it might have taken its toll from them physically and psychologically. But then in the same breath, he said, But I'm sure that the, the players who started the game were all 100% fit. Uh, now, he did seem to, t- the way he spoke, like, yeah, I, I think it'll probably come out in French media in the next day or two, the extent of what happened. I'm sure but the way he was talking, it was like we brought on the young players with freshness, that it's almost an element that whatever was going round, it was almost pitched as though it took more of its toll on the older players in the group, okay. you know, but when you think about it, like he only had one sub against England as well. And, um, and he's probably been leaning quite heavily on his older players, you know, throughout this competition. And maybe there's an element of, like he did reference, they had one fewer day to prepare, uh, just with the semi-finals the way it worked out. And Argentina mm-hmm. had more players to call upon. But yeah, this is the thing. Like if it finished three nil or two nil, we probably would have been sitting here talking about the virus you know, talking yeah, about what, the what Ronaldo, happened. Because yeah. it was like Ronaldo, Ronaldo 98, 98 stuff. Yeah. But it's, it's it's funny, I'm just looking here behind the, talking about like things that happened. Like, uh, this is like behind the curtain of like journalism lines that you'd never, you know, that, you, that you'd penned but never see the light of day. Because like, I had this line about Messi in the context of, you know, c- can you imagine him, like the story of his game where he scores the first half penalty, you contribute to a team move to put your side 2-0 up before putting them ahead in extra time and you still lose to a side where a 23-year-old who has already won this competition scores a hat-trick without playing especially well. And when you go back to work, he's probably the first person you're going to see, which would have been a very fitting line, apart from the fact that's not relevant now. But Mbappé scored a hat-trick. He scored a hat-trick in a World Cup final. And and he he ends up spending the day, ending the day on stage uh, with uh, you know Messi and Martinez, who at that stage had, start, had stopped doing things uh, to the, the goalkeeper trophy, and then yeah. the, the, this excruciatingly sort of awkward f- photo ceremony-style photo. It's like I don't know. Try to compare it to the worst Olympic ceremony you've ever seen in your life, where there's like or an F one thing where there's been some row and they're there, and then they make him come back, and, and Enzo Fernandez gets brought along for the young player, and. And Bappy like has to trudge down the steps, and off he goes into the night, having scored a hat trick in the previous hour. Yeah. At 23, yeah. <laughs> like you know, At how 23. You, yeah. How, and and you know, like he'll he obviously behave madly, you know, in his life in the next while, right? Like you know, we see it in his club career. His is he's a bit all over the place, right? You know, and it's kind of erratic. But then you think, how can you how can you live through these emotions and everything that comes with it? And come out of it fully adjusted when all of this has happened in your life at this young age, you know. Like, how do you, how do you process all of this, you know? Because that was just, um, I don't know how. Like, and then, and then, and then, and then you log on to social media and you see the uh, Macron was in there with a two and a half minute speech videoed. It's already been tweeted with the whole dressing room having to sit and listen to him. It's like, good god, like, some of the, yeah. some, of the some of the political stuff today between Infantino. And Macron and some of this make our lot look like Nelson Mandela, like in comparison. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I and I mean, let's not get carried away. Just don't, once in a while get any ideas um, from some of some of this stuff. But that's, I mean, it's a, actually it's incredible that you could have the most amazing World Cup final of all time, and and yet, like FIFA and and the people who surround themselves, who, who surround football, almost managed to like take the gloss out of it. With their absolute yeah. madness, like how, like yeah. it's it's sort of like a visual representation of you know you don't need to fix this game, like you know it's it's not it's not that broken really, but you keep you keep trying, you keep trying, you keep yeah. trying, you keep trying. Yeah. But the yeah. football wins the day ultimately. But all that other stuff. Yeah, around the, the, it. the picture
1: like there's there's some. I mean, we obviously see thousands of pictures coming through the system. There's one of Messi uh, lifting the trophy, and you can't see his face because that shawl thing is is all over him. But the, the favourite picture, picture of the tournament, I mean it was I if I thought it was Argentina celebrating with the Dutch, but the picture of Mart of Emmy Martinez holding the golden glove in a place where, you know, while one of the presentation party looks kind of disapprovingly or menacingly over his shoulder is absolutely tremendous. And Martinez has been, you know, I referenced it in the intro. Martinez played in the game, the 7-5 game. He was goalkeeper in the 7-5 game when Arsenal beat Reading 7-5 uh, in the League Cup. And bizarrely, like there was Martinez, Ganabri Giroud came off the bench in that game. Wow. Uh, and Ramsey and Chesney also played for Arsenal. a little bit of uh, stats for in, in that season. There was five Arsenal players that season who played in this World Cup. But Martinez has gone from Second or third choice Arsenal keeper to go onto Villa, to look an absolutely commanding. Even when even when France were when France were sort of starting to come, come at them a little bit, he came out and co- caught a couple of crosses. I mean, he was at, he was acting the maggot to put a to put it um, bluntly in shootouts. But that's what goalkeepers are meant to do. I mean, Bruce Gravelar's, you know the, the legs and all that sort of stuff goes down in folklore. I'm sure in Argentina folklore, all the messing that he was doing to try and put France off. Seem to work. They don't. They certainly won't care. And he's just a, he's just another one of these great stories that obviously Messi is there and Messi is Messi. But the Martinez story is something that has been incredible in this tournament.
0: Well, this is the point again about like the 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 angles around the one angle. I mean, the Messi story is incredible, but as you say, like you know, you have Martinez um, and his sort of transformation and like even managing to sort of, but, you know. I wrote some of the goodwill during the shootout. Like there was a bit of an Alan pardew style dance after one of the saves. Uh, and he still still managed to get it done. But then like, you know, someone like Fernandez, young player at the tournament, probably worth hundred million quid, like met that great tackle that you mentioned, but just generally mm-hmm. across the competition, like all these big moments as well. And even the sort of the you know, the Alexis McAllister um from from like from Brighton. You know, a player yeah. from Brighton which, you know, in twenty fourteen, if someone had sort of uh, Suggested a player like Brighton could be, uh, you know, uh, could be a solution to, uh, you know, part of the solution to his World Cup problems. But then you like, Montiel, who comes on, right, comes on for extra time. He plays that skied pass that ended up, it was sort of a mishit that, paid, you know, paved the wheels of motion or laid the wheels of motion. I've, I've actually forgotten how to speak hmm. um, for, the, for the Messi goal. Uh, and then he does a handball and then he gets the winning penalty. And like, even after the yeah. winning penalty no one even knows where to go and celebrate because they're not sure they're not sure where they should go um, but, and but it was all of this like I mean, there's, there's there's so much there's so many ways in which you can dissect it but in saying that and I did I did make this point um just just you know writing this in the piece I think when you stand back from it and all this sort of mayhem I think the best team won I think the best team yeah, won the competition absolutely. like absolutely in the, in the sense that um, they improved as the competition went on. In every knockout game, they were the better side. Yes, they did try and throw it away twice in the competition, but in fairness to them, in both cases, right, they sustained these sort of these blows that you think would knock you out completely. And there's no doubt that they probably were, you know, five more minutes of normal time against the Dutch, even at that stage, um, or even with the French game here, you know, a little bit longer. Then, then maybe they would have um, they would have capitulated, right? And, I, and I'm sure yeah. everyone is saying they're, they're you know they're dead in their feet, they're done here. But they always manage to like they're they're on the ground, but they're like it's like a phone that the battery has gone to like sort of you know two percent, and people are like you have it on airplane mode, and you're doing everything you can to save it. Mm-hmm. But they just seem to get the extra time, and they have a small window to power themselves up, like a very small window. Yeah. But it's a window where they actually are able to get up thirty to forty to that sort of sweet. It's not in the red zone anymore. Your phone um panic. And they they could have they could have won it. Like the Dutch game, they were well on top at the end of of, of extra time. Tonight not quite that way, right? They were saved by Martinus, but they then went down the pitch and executed the move that if Letaro executes a header it's probably yeah. the greatest football moment of all time. If that's, the, if and that's
1: that was scored, like, you know, in- injury time, injury time in extra time, kind of as you said earlier on, like injury time in a, in extra time, kind of summed up the whole thing. I think that was so. I mean, we spoke about this before in the I'm trying to think now in, in before the semi final where what was so impressive about about the Dutch game was the old thing of you know you've won it once. I said it, I said it last yeah. week or whenever we were speaking, you know the Alfa Rams you know, you've won it once, go and win it again. Like Argentina in the final won it twice yeah, and then had to go and win it a third time. And that's, yeah. that's what was so, that's what was so impressive about it. the performance in extra time. They had enough where obviously both teams are tired in, in that period, but they kind of knew when to pick their moments, Messi in particular, able to pick the moments, when to run with the ball, when to, you know, when to give it off, when to move the ball and, and just, and just keep the attack going. And as you said that, like, I don't think there's any doubt with it. Like the, the best team did win. It wasn't a case where, I mean, I know they won two, two games on penalties. Yeah, in the knockout stages but not in the same way that Croatia did you know Croatia beat Japan and, and Brazil Argentina you know they, they they really would have felt robbed I think more so than any other time they've been in in, in finals where they, that they've lost over the past whatever it is 36 years they've been in a few finals oh. they would have felt robbed this time, justifiably so
0: I don't know how they would have uh, sort of recovered because it was just so much emotion. I think maybe it was one of those things where probably the TV audience were more aware of the, the tears on the bench. Like I, I, I saw a lot of references to it online, like Di Maria and Depaul and stuff. That just, it just like it was sort of like uh, uh, I think the, the TV producers were obviously catching the emotion with it. But this is the thing about Argentina. We've said it all the way through this. That like can how can they? Withstand all of the, the the burden of these emotions that they're carrying with them, like it's a wave of emotion everywhere that they go. It's just like, um, and yet within it, like even within the individual games, there's just way too much emotion to sort of that you would think to be able to process it normally. And that's why, that's why I like that they 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 got back up and they won it. You know, um, yeah. Like I I think a lot of people, I, there's now I will. To explain what's happening in the background here, because there's a bit of color, there's there has been a live broadcast that's been going on beside me here, where it looks like they've now reached. It looks like Alf is about to be broadcast uh, at the end of this <laughs> ads because they're uh, they're screaming, giving a round of applause, and completely uh, completely losing one of themselves. I mean, the the uh, as I said, it's like an Argentina game. Like the uh, everywhere they go, they just have this energy around them, and the players like just have to ride that wave of emotion and sort of uh, somehow like keep an even keel and this is the thing like I know they had the advantage of the penalties at their at their end for example right and mm-hmm. they didn't quite have a keeper sort of um, uh, behaving the way Martinez was but still it's not as if that makes it easier to score you know <laughs> like you, no. how many times do you see you know penalty shootouts where people are in front of their own fans and they they melt so you can think of and I'm not that I mean thankfully they haven't got as much grief as as previous English penalty takers, but like think of Saka and Rashford, you know, last year and and the Euros and you know previous examples that spring to mind. Like the Argentina, the quality of their penalties. Okay, they're always they're always good quality when they score, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, but generally, like pretty good, you know, throughout the, the two games, and um, they 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 also deserve to win because of that too, because it's a skill. It's not. You know, that, that, that's a part of the game. And particularly when... Do you know reminded me? I'm sorry to re- labour this point, but when the final whistle was blown, because Lotaro maybe had missed that chance at the end, I took a photo of the Argentina players sprawled out on the pitch. And what it reminded me of is something I'd referenced previously, the Ghana-Uruguay game from 2010, when they blew for um, the the end of the game, the 128th minute, because Gian had missed the penalty, and that was extra dramatic. But you could actually see the Ghana were basically done at that stage before the shootout happened and the body Mm -hmm. language of the Argentina players at the end was, you know, not good. And the French, okay. I'm sure Kolo Moani was sick, but generally they'd got a second lease of life from the, the comeback. And even then that they got up from that to just go and do it is impressive. And I mean, their whole story, losing the competition kicked off really with them losing to Saudi Arabia. It kicked it to life and uh, they've gone and won the thing. So I think you have to be happy with that conclusion
1: absolutely we'll take our cue from your uh argentina colleagues beside you and wrap it up i'm going to wrap it up a bit of navel, guys wrap it up with a line from your piece to say like w- when everything's said and done the team that brought more to this competition than any other captured the crown i think that sums it up quite nicely uh dan thanks for all your efforts from the past month and safe home and you thanks yeah. to Conondor. yeah yeah been good been, mean, good been good 20 27 i think in 29 days it's been fun
0: yeah well i mean I, people don't realize this as well that i mean like uh uh you mean you are literally walking down to do this podcast now from like taking a big say in like the direction and production of tomorrow's newspapers so it's not as if we just uh you're drafted in just to like present podcasts and and go home for the day there's a there's a lot more going on here but it has been enjoyable like to uh try and capture uh the sort of a snapshot of every day of a world cup that really and like for a good reason right like you know, we'll never have a World Cup like this again. Um, and that was obviously part of there's something unique about capturing this this World Cup as a moment in time. Um, but, you know, and, I, and I, I, obviously I wouldn't have a huge amount of affection for the place where it's been held, and I wouldn't be rushing to come back. Um, but in saying that, it does just go to show why the World Cup is still the greatest event in sport, even with all the the nonsense and the hijacking of it and, and various elements of it. There's nothing like this competition. There really isn't, you know. It's just the, the diffusion of sort of different teams and cultures and styles and the uniqueness that they don't meet that often, you know, that these teams may only play mm-hmm. every four years or maybe in, in some cases, you know, 8, 10, you know, 16 years, you have these heavyweights and the danger you have is that you, you look for too much of a good thing by introducing too many you know, this biennial World Cup and all that nonsense, which thankfully seems to have gone off the table. Because you know, we've got a forty-eight team World Cup in four years' time. That'll be different as well. But um, as a spectacle, as a tournament, you know, it's no, nothing, it's, no, it's 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 top notch. Closed. But um, top notch. But yeah, no, thank you, and thanks to Conan as you as you were going to mention, Conan Daughter to absolutely, use. Uh, yeah. done a lot of hard yards.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of too much of a good thing, that's our final podcast from Indoor World Cup. Thanks to everyone who's contributed, listened and watched us. And hopefully we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Bye.